0: Shalom and welcome to another episode of the Psalm Project Podcast, Getting Undressed with God. I am your host, Pablo Giacopelli, and this is episode number seven entitled Success. Today, I'm going to be looking at this topic of success and, of course, what it looks like when it's experienced uh, in the way that the kingdom meant for it to be experienced And what did Jesus have to say about it as he lived on this earth and, of course, shared the message that he came to bring with us? So I hope that you can stick around, fasten your seatbelt, and, of course, as always, enjoy the show. Shalom, everybody from Israel. It's uh, good to be back here again. I am glad that you could join me and I just want to begin by saying a big thank you to everyone that is sharing the podcast. Uh, It seems to be hitting the spot uh, in people's hearts, lives as uh, the shares and uh, of course uh, hits continue to go up every week. So wherever you are and whoever you are, I want to just say a big thank you for that. Now, this week, I'm going to be uh, sharing some thoughts about this topic called success. And I think it's important. uh, There's one thing that I've discovered in my journey with God that has helped me tremendously when, in particular, I am faced with dimensions of life that seem to have an opposite. So, for example, this week, we're talking about uh, success. And of course, if we look at success with our mind on a black and white uh, perspective, then of course, failure will be the opposite. Uh, if we look at uh, a love, then of course, fear will be the opposite. If we look at compassion, then of course, hatred will be the opposite. So there's, there is a this way or that way. And something that, uh, of course, God helped me to understand is Pablo, there is a third way. And he took me back to the Garden of Eden, uh, where, of course, when God makes the garden and he first puts Adam in the garden, uh, and then, of course, uh, with Eve, there is only one reality in the garden. In the garden, there isn't success or failure, there is just that one reality. And that one reality is, of course, success. But interesting enough, it looks nothing like the success that we uh, subscribe to in today's world. Uh, Success in the garden was distinctly different than what we classify as success today. Um, It did not depend on what we had or didn't have. It did not uh, drive the reason for Adam living his life or being, but all the things that success today promises like, you know, acceptance, respect, love, attention. Adam was getting all of those from God. So if we ever really want to have a look at what success looks like in the kingdom, or as far as what God would consider success, then it's good to look at the reality, that one reality that Adam lived in, in the garden, of course, with Eve before the fall. Adam did not need to work or find his purpose in his work because he found that in God. He didn't look to what he did and how well he did it uh, to know who he was and obviously understand his identity because he got that in God. And I, of course, believe and obviously experience in my own life today that it is also possible for us that we can indeed find our true identity, our purpose, our calling in God and not necessarily in what we do and how well we do it. Clearly, when we are clear on those things, then of course, uh, our lives begin to obviously move in certain directions according to the giftings that we've been given and into certain arenas. But then again, when we get there, it is important that we realize what success will look like for us there, according to what was, of course, present in the garden. Now, like success, um, there wasn't love and fear. There was just love. And of course, there isn't uh, compassion and hatred. There's just compassion. And so there is almost like this this third way that has nothing to do with either extreme uh, which of course is what we subscribe to in this world when we try and reason and even try and discover truth even though of course truth cannot be discovered that way Um, and there is this this in between uh, a little bit like miles davis said you know you find the magic you find the real music not on the notes but on that space between the notes and so when you look at scripture and of course you look at the the gospels or the epistles you know and you look at what jesus spoke and there is always this third way that is it's beyond the text Uh, and of course it requires a journey into the bible so when you read something it requires a spiritual journey with the spirit to obviously reveal to you so even if at first that third way doesn't appear To be there, if you take that journey and you obviously view it with the eyes of your heart, in time, you will find it. Uh, And I have found incredible release, incredible understanding, and of course, an immense amount of peace because I am looking for this third way. And of course, this third way is the way of the kingdom. Um, and so as I share with you this, uh, this passage of this topic of success, I want to use a passage in the Bible uh, in Matthew 6, where, of course, uh, it's very familiar to all of us. Jesus appears to be telling us um, what, how is the approach, the ways in which one is to live when it comes to material things. Now, as you and I both know, material things, unfortunately, many of us, we have given them the power to obviously tell us whether we are successful or not. So for example, if we have a big house, if we have a a nice car, if we have properties, if we have material assets, then that would spell to us that we have made it in life. We have become successful and that therefore success is very much part of our lives. Equally, if we are not able to acquire those things, uh, and in many ways, we do not have much to show for our efforts, then often we are led to believe, as we compare ourselves to others, even though Jesus said not to do that, that, of course, if they are uh, successful, and that's, you know, what they have is what basically shows that success, then we must be failures because, of course, material-wise we don't seem to have the same experience, and our journey doesn't seem to be filled with the same material things. Now, in Matthew 6, um, Jesus attempts to invite his listeners um, to see this third way that, of course, I'm sharing with you. Um, But before he begins to do that, he, of course, calls their attention to What is possibly the two most basic things that human beings need, which is, of course, food and clothing. Now, I would imagine back in the time of Jesus, food and clothing were, of course, things that people obviously not only needed, but they also looked at to measure the social level or the social category that a person fitted into. Um, and the thing with uh, food and clothing is, it, it's pretty much a dualistic way of seeing it. You either have it or you don't. Um, and so, of course, Jesus brings them into that space where in their lives, the, as far as they're concerned, there is only two ways to go about these two things. And, of course, because they're so basic, they merit a person's full attention. And... Um, Yet Jesus invites them to consider a different way, which is, of course, based around seeking first the kingdom, the third way, and his righteousness. Um, And he, he sort of brings them into a space where he tries to help them to see what it is like when people are functioning within that reality, that one reality of the kingdom. And of course, he uses the lilies of the field, Uh, Which he says, you know, they don't get up every day and toil and spin and work really hard to somehow dress themselves better or look more impressive. Uh, No, they just wake up every day and they are just lilies. And God is the one that clothes them. And he even uses Solomon, which, of course, they would have all known was a very, very rich man, which, of course, wore the most amazing clothes. And yet he says, and yet they look better than him. And then, of course, and I mean, talk about success. Yeah. And then, of course, the birds, the birds, as we know, they don't wake up every day and think, okay, you know, how can I today feed myself better than yesterday? How can I today uh, make sure that I have enough to eat and that I also in some way get ahead so that I have enough for the next month to eat? Not just me, but the whole flock. No, a bird wakes up and it's just a bird. And he goes about his bird business, and he just flies around, and God takes care of them, just like the lily in the field. Now, we will obviously stick with the two examples that Jesus gave also for today, Um, as we bring, obviously, that truth into today's world, uh, which is, of course, food and clothing. Uh, Even today's world, food and clothing still remain the two basic things that we need in order to live. Um, And so and also in this world, even though we could use other things like airplanes, financial assets, houses, whatever money, um, you know, we also if we are honest, we can also look at that to try and obviously tell ourselves that we're being successful because uh, let's face it, uh, the more successful people become, the better food they eat, the better restaurants they go to. Um, And obviously, you know, the clothes as well, you know, the more successful we become, the more money we have. And then, of course, the better clothes we buy, the better clothes we wear. And, you know, we would only be lying if we didn't say that we look often at people's clothing to see what brand they are. And according to what brand we see there, then obviously we equate that brand with a certain, uh, you know, social status that person finds themselves in. Now, Jesus says, don't don't seek after these things. Don't consume your life at creating the environment that will somehow enable you to have these things present in your life. Don't make your life about having these and chasing these, which would back then, I would imagine, show that life was obviously successful. You know, I would imagine back in Jesus's time when he was talking to people, if people had clothes to wear uh, and remember that, you know, the disciples, when they write about Jesus's tunic, they make a point of describing it. So it's almost like it was probably a tunic that somebody gifted him. That was, of course, you know, a nice piece of garment. So clothing back then would have been something that people coveted that wanted that obviously, you know, the better clothing you had then as well, like now, then obviously the higher uh, affluence you had. And of course, you know, eating as well was something that was a luxury back then. You know, not everybody ate three meals a day. Not everybody had uh, to eat. So, of course, like the world today, we had the world back then. It was just different trappings that people were, of course, attracted to. Uh, and of course, history has gone on. The trappings have become more and, and, and vary today. And there is actually more trappings that I'm sure they were there. But the condition and what people were after was the same. And here is Jesus saying to them, don't focus your life in finding ways of how to get those and get more of it. He says, seek first something else, which we know what it is. And as you do that, those things will be added onto you. Now, before I go and sort of discuss what I what this other thing means, which is, of course, the kingdom and and his righteousness, uh, I want to just sort of share a little bit of a picture with you. Um, Recently, I I meditate every day. I, I try and take some time every morning. I sometimes miss, but most mornings I get up very early because I have two young kids in the house. And so it's the only time that I'm able to get some peace and quiet. Uh, and of course, I meditate and I, and I try and, you know, I meditate for 20, 30, 35 minutes. Now, recently I bought a, a little thing called Muse, which is it's a band you put around your brain and that then communicates with your phone. And you wear it and it picks up the activity in your brain and then it communicates it to your brain, uh, to the phone. Uh, And then this, this, this activity is related to some music. So the more active your brain is, then the higher the music goes, of course. And then, obviously, the more calm you become and the more you sort of, you know, center yourself, then the quieter the music becomes. And then when that happens, these birds start to appear. They start to chirp. And, you know, if you approach meditation with a performance egotistical mind then obviously you want to have at the end of the meditation along this, where it says birds, you want to have the most birds. And, you know, I began to, and I'll be very honest, I began to make this about my ego as well and trying to be successful at that. And so I began to sort of say, okay, well, yesterday I had 99 birds. Today, I want to break the hundred mark or the 150 mark. And yet the more I began to try and attract birds to be part of my meditation time the less the birds appear the more active my mind was the more active it was the harder i tried to calm it so that i could get the birds the more active it became so it almost like the more i focus on getting the birds the more counterproductive my meditation became because i focused on the very thing that scared the birds away And I think this is what Jesus was basically saying to us. Listen, success like the birds is shy. And the more you look for it, the more you chase after it, the less it will be part of your experience in life. Instead, don't focus on what you will wear and eat. In other words, don't focus on being successful so you can have those things. Don't focus on trying to get out of failure so that you can transfer over here and have those things focus instead in a different reality a different approach to life if you like focus yourselves in this in between those two ditches where you will find the reality of the kingdom where you will find this right standing that you have in the kingdom through christ where you will discover your true identity that will bring you into a reality of rest you know the rest in hebrews of peace, of well-being, of happiness, a sense that, you know, you will begin to get your worth, if you like, not from how successful you are or unsuccessful, but you will begin to get your worth from the king in that kingdom that you are a part of and is responsible for creating you and giving you life, but also in giving you these underlying premises that we all need and that we often try and find in success, in a way that success can never give into to you. But also, you will find that this, what the king gives you and, you, and the reality that you come into in this, in this in-between place, it is not dependent on your performance and on how well you do it or not, but it's dependent on the, beloved, on your, on the belovedness of your life, where you are coming into things not because you've earned them, but because of who you share your identity with, because you are a son of the living God, because God loves you, because you have his attention all the time, and that this has nothing to do with your doing, but it simply has to do with your being and discovering that truth that is part of who we are as we behave as human beings and not as human doings. Now, I am sure that you are perhaps saying to yourself, well, you know, that's really good for you, Pablo. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, I still have to pay the bills. I still have uh, at the end of the month things that I have to meet um, and I still obviously need to keep going. And I I obviously have this this drive that I want to get ahead and that I want to live this comfortable life. And the only way that I can see that happening with or without God is, of course, if I am successful. I get that. I I completely and utterly get that. I really understand that because I happen to live in the same world as you do. Uh, But I just want to share with you this next bit, which I think will help you to understand and just sort of bring home what Jesus was trying to show us with what I've shared. And as well as obviously to try and give you a, a picture that you can always go back to when you are finding yourself becoming obsessed with success and trying to get certain things in your life. I'd like you to picture with me this, this, this path. And if you like in this path, that is the, the path in which you are living your life. And on either side of that path, there is a ditch. So on the left, there's a ditch and that's a ditch of failure. And on the right, there's a ditch and that's the ditch of success. Now, if we subscribe ourselves as looking at life that we're either a success or a failure, then we're gonna spend most of our time stuck in one of those ditches. So if it's in the ditch of success, what's gonna happen is we're gonna be having a lot of action, we're gonna be working, and we might find that we experience a lot of success, but we will also find that when we stop and take a look at life, even though we've done much and we have acquired much outside, inside we will feel that we were emptier and that there is less peace and happiness and fulfillment. And in a way, this love and affection and respect that all these things promise to give us when we get them, they've actually taken anything that we had of that away from us. And so we find that, of course, yes, outside we have managed to acquire and, and, of course, bring things. But inside we are dying. And of course, if we don't happen to be successful there, then of course we get ourselves on the other ditch, which is the ditch of failure. And then of course, again, we miss the lessons because of course we see it as a ditch, we're stuck. And of course we wanna get back over to success. And our lies are about going from one to the other. And of course, as much as we like to, trying to stay on that ditch of success on the side of the road. Here on this path is the way of the kingdom. And, uh, and, you know, here on this path, like with the birds, when we walk, um, we find all that success promises us in God. So all those underlying premises that we need, you know, love, peace, identity, purpose, security, uh, affection, attention, um, all those things that every human being needs in order to live a complete and fulfilled life, we find them here and we find them in abundance. And so once we begin to have this rest that comes into our lives, because suddenly we are, we are made whole. We begin to, to feel, um, you know, this rest that we don't need to no longer qualify ourselves. or try really hard through what we do, uh, so that we are loved and respected all of a sudden, the material things begin to lose their attraction. Yes, they're still nice things to have, but we no longer ha- uh, you know, have given them that authority that so many of us give them to tell us who we are and that we are successful and that we've made it in life because we have them. That is taken back because of course they should never have that authority over us. That is taken back and then that is given to the only one that can actually give us a life that is truly successful, but it has nothing to do with what we managed to do outside. And that is, of course, God. So I want to invite you to just consider when you see it this way or that way, you will be stuck on a ditch in your life and you will probably be the king of the ditch. But nevertheless, you will be on a ditch in the kingdom's way. Success and failure are spaces that we travel through. But if you like, they're more like the climate that we experience as we journey through life. And as I shared last week, you know, failure is a space we travel through just like success. But these are not, you know, like places that we, you know, failure finish here and suddenly success started. We may very well experience both things at the same time in our lives uh, in different areas. But the beautiful thing about it is that they don't become our identity and they don't dictate the happiness and the peace and the well-being that we experience. They are simply just the things that are happening outside of us. And if we have eyes to see and we have discovered this third way, then we are no longer affected in the way that we are, in the way that we feel, how we feel about ourselves, by whether things work or they don't. We use every opportunity to discover something new about God and how well He loves us, about our true identity and who we really are in Christ and Christ is in us. And we continue to have this momentum that takes us forward in life and bring us to the space where we are so fulfilled. And often we experience success that we never, ever experience while we're working really hard on this ditch on the side of the road it's almost like our lives get this magnet and suddenly these things are added like Jesus said to our lives without us having to consume our lives or making our lives about adding those things. But those things are just like a a byproduct of walking on this third way. Now I think it's always good to give an example uh, because it's easy to talk, but it's harder to actually live it. And you know, I want you to know that everything I share with you guys, I have lived it, I have experienced it in my life. I share very little of what other people say or what other people write. Uh, I live a life where I, uh, in the success that I have found in God, I share it if I've lived it and experienced it. And so this sort of third way, I began to see this reality when I was, of course, working as a tennis coach in the cutthroat uh, business of professional sports. Uh, And, you know, in that environment, it's pretty simple how it works. I mean, it couldn't get more dualistic. You either win or you lose. You win, you take the spoils home. You lose, you go away with nothing until the next tournament. And you, of course, are valued according to your last result. So if your last result was good, then you're valued and you looked up and you thought of very highly. And if there was no good uh, result last time, then you're just another one in the bunch. Uh, And so I began to, through God, obviously, uh, you know, beginning to wake me up uh, in my heart and giving me eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand and a mind of Christ that would step away from dualism and would submit to the truth that my heart was seeing. I began to see this third way. And so this, of course, began to influence the way that I began to obviously coach my players. And so I began to take the approach that I asked them no longer to play to win or to play to try and not lose, but I asked them to just play with their whole hearts. Not worrying about the result, not worrying about the outcome, but simply play point by point, moment by moment. Like Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. In other words, don't worry about the next point. Focus on what God is doing right now. In other words, focus on the point that you're playing right now and let the result take care of itself. Well, uh, you know, I must admit at first I was a bit scared, a bit concerned. And that's why I guess Jesus says to us, do not worry, because, you know, to live like this and walk like this, it, it requires faith. And. Um, because obviously, you know, if your player doesn't do well, you lose your job. It's just simple, really. It's pretty cutthroat, really. No, there's no grace, much, a lot of grace or space for grace in, in those environments. And so I, I began to see a transformation in my players. Suddenly the fear and the, the stress and the worry that often was present, especially in those key moments in the match where if you win this point, you know, you pretty much win the match. And obviously, the, the prize money becomes greater and the ranking becomes greater, and you begin to get all these perks and all these, these things that are attached to success in the eyes, of course, of this reality we live in. You know, that stress and that fear began to disappear, and this confidence began to get. It's almost like, you know, not focusing on the two ditches of winning or losing on the side of the road, but focusing on this third way, of which is basically playing with your whole heart brought them into a space where they began to tap into not only talent that was within them, that of course they had never tapped into, but they also gave themselves the permission to allow it to flow. And you know, the results these uh, players began to achieve were truly transcendent. They were way beyond whatever they had achieved before. Their rankings went up way, way higher than they had ever been. And of course, for me, I went from being just another one of the coaches on the tour to of course one that was known for turning careers around and taking players much further than they had ever been to and often to places where their talent levels had no business being at. And so you see this, what I'm sharing with you, I share it with such passion, conviction and enthusiasm because I have seen it work in my life not once, but many, many times. And I have learned that the less I focus on getting myself trapped on this ditch of success to try and avoid the ditch of failure, that what I'm doing is I'm losing the grip over my life and I am entrusting myself to God and I'm allowing him to lead me in the road of grace through faith. And I think this is why Jesus said to us, you must take up your cross and crucify your flesh if you want to follow me. Because he knew, and by the way, you know, often when Jesus or the Bible mentions the flesh, what they're basically talking about is your ego. And so what Jesus was saying is, listen, you're going to have to take up your cross and crucify your ego because your ego likes to either win, well, it likes to win, because it doesn't like to lose so your ego loves dualism because it has a purpose a role there but you're going to have to crucify this because the way i'm going to lead you which is probably why he also said do not worry about what you're going to eat and wear <laughs> right it's it's a way in which you know your ego has no place it has no way of actually finding a role in it so you're gonna feel scared because you're gonna be letting go of the control of your life and you're gonna be given the responsibility for the results and your reputation and placing those in the hands of god and you're gonna allow him to be the one that determines what kind of a harvest your hard work and by the way i'm not saying that we don't work hard in this world because you work very hard but you don't toil so you enjoy what you do because you're doing what you love and you're not doing it in order to feel good about yourself. But it's, an, it's, it's almost like a direct expression of what you already feel within yourself. And now as we come to an end, um, I'd just like to leave you with a little anecdote from your past that you've probably never sat down and considered uh, because most of us of course don't. And that is what happened before you were born you know, before you were born, you were involved in a race that uh, required you to cross or actually swim across a body of water that it was the equivalent of perhaps a couple of Atlantic oceans. And uh, you were lined up really with several million others, which were also looking for the same thing as you. And yet you were the one that managed to not only cross the ocean, but get to the finish line first. And you know, that race, the only one that was actually observing it was God and no one else. And this same God that saw to it that you were successful then, so you could be born in this world and be here with us today. is also the same God that is inviting you to leave behind the unsatisfying waters of success as the world promises it, which of course, the more we drink of them, the thirstier they make us. And that's why we need more and more all the time. And instead he invites you to choose a third way, another way in which he will see to it that you come into the full inheritance and the full glory and the full potential of what he assigned to you and your life, no one else's life, but your life before even the beginning of time. So today, As you ponder on that, remember, in the kingdom, we are impressive when we don't try and be. We are successful when we don't make our journey about being successful. I hope today's podcast has encouraged you, has invited you to perhaps consider a perspective that you haven't done so before. And of course, it has blessed you. Thank you for listening. As for me, I wish you a great week. And I pray that you will go about your business being successful as you seek the third way. And then, then as you do that, all those other things that you desire, that you want, that you dream about, they will be added to your life in a way in which of course, no matter how hard you try, you will never be able to. So as your journey goes on, wherever you are and whoever you are, may you continue to know, That everlasting, free, and inner embrace of the resurrected Christ. Until next time, I send you my shalom and my peace. Bye bye. Friends, thank you for listening to the Song Project podcast, Getting Undressed with God. We have come to the end of another episode, and I sincerely hope that it has been enjoyable a blessing, but above all else, it has led you to perhaps consider perspectives you have never seen before. For more information about The Zone Project, this podcast, and all the other work that I put out on a regular basis, please take some time to check out the show notes where you will find the relevant links. As for me, I hope that you can join me again. So until next time, thank you and shalom.